Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use the variety of marketing tools to promote themselves and their businesses in order to become the best success that they can be. And so today, we're going to have so much fun because joining me is Naresh Fissa, and he is an expert in all of this. So please join me in welcoming Naresh. Thanks so much, Deb. It's a pleasure to be on. Great. Well, you know, for people who don't know about you, let me read your bio here very quick. So Naresh Visa is founder and CEO of Krish Media and Marketing, a full-service online and digital media and marketing business consultancy, agency and solutions provider, utilizing strategies to streamline sales and branding processes. He has worked with leading publishers, media firms, and institutions such as CNN Radio, J.P. Morgan Chase, Everbank, the Institute for Energy Research, Houston Rockets, Houston Astros, the American Junior Golf Association, Agora Publishing, and Stansbury Research. Born and raised in Houston, Texas, Naresh played a lot of chess and basketball, a few instruments, and fought his way to a first-degree black belt in Taekwondo. He graduated magna cum laude from Syracuse's, Syracuse University's honors program with degrees in broadcast journalism, finance, and accounting. He earned a master's degree from Duke University's Fuqua School of Business. Naresh has been featured on USA Today, Yahoo, Bloomberg, MSNBC, Huffington Post, Business Week, MSN Money, Business Insider, India Today, Hindustan Times, and other domestic and international media outlets. So again, Naresh, welcome. Thanks so much, Deb. It's an awesome intro you had right there. You know, it's always so much fun to get to know about my guests because for the most part, I have never met my guests and we've only met online. And that's what is so cool about this. You know, sometimes it's through social media, sometimes it's through other things, but this day and age, we don't meet a lot of the people that we actually do business with. And that's what makes the technology and all of those things so cool. You know, I still like meeting people in person, but it is so much fun to be able to meet people virtually, develop great business relationships, and maybe never actually meet them face-to-face. You bring up a good point, Deb. I actually started my first company, Christian Media and Marketing, mm-hmm. while I was a college student from my dorm room at Syracuse University. And okay. when I went in full-time on it, years mm-hmm. later, when I said, you know what, I'm just going to do my own thing and grow this business... Mm-hmm. I never got offices. I've been doing it for almost four years now, full time. Cool. And mm-hmm. have never rented out office space. I have about uh, 12 to 14 people, contractors working for me around the world. Mm-hmm. I only met about three of them for the first time when I went to India earlier this year. Uh-huh. So I haven't even met most of the people who work for me. And then my business partners, not with Chris Media Marketing, but with two other businesses I'm involved with, I've only met one of them a handful of times, maybe mm-hmm. maybe three times. And then right. my my two other business partners, well, one other business partner, I think I've met again two or three times. And mm-hmm. then the last business partner, uh, I've never even met him. And but we still talk every day. Um, right. We're texting. We don't even talk on the phone. We're texting mm-hmm. or we're emailing, and we talk all the time. 
And it just goes to show that productivity and value can be created uh, not just by, you know, in-person contact. Now today, right. really the real value and the real creation is going digital. And so mm -hmm. that's what I've been able to do. And and as a side note, even personally, I met my girlfriend uh, not in person, but through uh, a dating app as well. Uh -huh. So those are really picking up and lots of people have found uh, significant others and, and partners right. through those as well. So mm -hmm. whether you like it or not, that's a way the shift is moving towards. Mm -hmm. And uh, moving forward for those who are in the corporate world and who have to show up to the office every day at 8 a.m. and leave at a certain time and go to all these meetings, all the, those companies and those people are in for a rude awakening. The next recession right. that hits is really mm -hmm. going to give uh, the corporate world, it's going to give the corporatists an excuse to uh, cut costs, to cut right. dead weight. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, that's just a warning to, to, to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Well, and the, by, by operating just virtually or digitally, we're cutting out a lot of, shall I say, the clutter. You know, you mentioned that you don't even talk on phone, on the phone with one of your business partners. You just text an email. So you're cutting out the, well, what'd you watch on TV last night? How about those Astros? You know, all of those. Now, you may still put a little of that in there. But, you know, think no, of not when much. you're in an, yeah, you know, when we're in an office, how much time do we, I'm not going to say waste, but how much time do we spend on that chit chat? Now, you know, the, the kind of flip side of that is maybe that's why Facebook is so popular is because that is kind of where we're doing our chit chat. I was just going to mention that yeah, I was, yeah, I, I get enough, controlled. yep, I get mm -hmm. enough of that chit chat just by logging into my Facebook right. account mm -hmm. and I don't even want to know why I, I haven't asked any of my corporate friends, but during the, the U S election, I don't even mm -hmm. want to know what the office environments right. were like during that oh, period. Oh. You know? I know, you know, it was, it, it had to have been very uh, careful within the offices because it, it was an election that brought out the passions in people. You know, we'll, we'll just put it that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and, and and we can do so much now with a desktop system. You know, I'm I'm still old school. I have the big desktop system with the with two big monitors, but that just kind of helps me with what I'm doing. But how many businesses now are run completely from an iPad and a smartphone? I mean, you know, it's, it's it is incredible. Oh, yeah. It's you know, Deb, it everything is going everything is going digital. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say that because people say, well, how are the uh, how are the restaurants supposed to, you know, how are you supposed to eat food? How are you supposed to get the food and, and eat the food? Well, that's going digital, too, because right. uh, more and more, you know, there are actually restaurants now that are starting to replace waiters and waitresses with uh, almost like a. Uh, like almost like robotic, uh, right? Some robots, right. And a, a little and, or, or a self, or right? Or a self, you know, mm -hmm. McDonald's mm -hmm. has started implementing these, yeah, these uh, self-serving type, self-ordering kiosks, mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, it's happening there in in areas that you think are physical. Let's say, for example, you know, I brought up <laughs> dating, for example. Um, mm -hmm. That's even now that's that's going digital, um, and now more than ever the 20th century businesses need to adapt to the 21st century 
And the way to do that is to go digital because those who have the digital presence, those who understand the digital environment and leverage it to their advantage, Mm -hmm. they're going to run away from their competition. Right. Right. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned food and, and, you know, things like that. Look at how many restaurants are now delivering food, um, you know, or more importantly, I don't even have to go to a grocery store. I can have things delivered. And, you know, and, and I ordered it by going to their app. You know, Amazon has it. Some of the bigger retail uh, grocery stores have things like that. And, you know, and, and so, again, they're downsizing their staff. Now, there's probably always going to be people who want to go in and, you know, pick up the tomato and smell the tomato and, you know, do all of those various things. But, you know, it, it's very nice to be able to place an order at 2 o'clock in the morning for my groceries, you yeah. know, and, and all these various things. And, and I grew up in Colorado in a mountain town way up in the middle of the mountains. I mean, the closest grocery store now in to that town is 65 miles away and it's literally in another state um you know and and so you know you 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 go to wyoming to to do the majority of your shopping or you drive further and you go to colorado and you know so we planned ahead you know you when you went shopping you did a month's worth of shopping at a time and now we're spoiled you know like i said i get on my phone and i order something and and i don't even care that it costs five dollars to deliver or ten dollars to deliver because I'm thinking about the fact that it saved me time and gas and all of those other things to not do that <coughs> or to not have to go in. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to your point on the clutter with my business, so I, I'm a what I call a, a digital entrepreneur. My businesses are online. I do a lot of e-commerce, um, mm-hmm. online type of work. And uh, we have lots of people who either work for us or work with us. And because we were able to get rid of that clutter, uh, we're even more productive because right. if if I'm done with my work for, you know, the next five hours or so, then I can focus on myself and improving mm-hmm. myself personally, professionally, physically, right. emotionally, which at the end of it all helps me be more productive. So mm-hmm. um, I work when I need to work, whereas in the corporate world where you have to physically go in you're waiting around a lot. You're chit-chatting about right. things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. The office politics and drama. You know, I, I actually, oh, I come yeah. from the corporate the world. water cooler. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I come from the corporate world, and that's why I, I know about all this stuff. I worked at mm-hmm. one of the largest banks on Wall Street. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I also worked for one of the largest fin- uh, private and independent financial publishers in the world. And I've seen all this stuff, and it's just a huge waste of time. And for the company... It's a huge waste of money where right. they're paying set salaries with healthcare and all these perks and benefits when the amount of productivity they're getting, they could be getting that if they just outsourced it to a company mm-hmm. like mine for right. really um, a, lo- a much, much lower cost and a higher mm-hmm. return. So right. uh, again, the next recession that hits is going to give these companies an excuse because the companies are starting to catch hold of this. Right. And already they started outsourcing to overseas. Mm -hmm. The next recession that comes is going to give them an excuse to get rid of full time employees and uh, to to, to shift their business models. And some industries Mm -hmm. like the oil and gas industry, they're already facing that. Um, Mm -hmm. They're already going through that cycle right now. Mm hmm. Well, and so many companies are figuring out that it actually is better for their employees to work from home. 
you know, yes, there are some times where you might need to meet face to face if for some reason you can't do it on Skype or something like that. But, you know, sometimes somebody might be their most productive at one o'clock in the morning, you know, and, and plus you have issues with, you know, somebody's got a family and maybe they have a sick child. So you can have them come into work and be worried about that kid all day, or they can be home with the child, or maybe they're the one who's sick. I mean, you know, how many cooties have been spread in offices <laughs> because somebody, you yep. know, they, they came in sick for whatever reason. You know, just think if they were sitting at home, you know, on their laptop, or, you know, their computer, whatever, they're still able to do their work and sit there and cough and hack along. Exactly. Exactly. So right. working from home carries so many, you know, I, for, 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 for you and me, Deb, it working from home might be an easy thing because I've been mm-hmm. doing it for right. for nearly mm-hmm. 10 years. But for what I noticed is uh, a lot of my peers, they say, oh, I can't work from home because right. I would just watch TV all day or mm-hmm. I would just, you know, do this or that. Yeah. That is now working remotely in an efficient and effective manner is going to become a skill set that mm-hmm. employers, oh, that clients mm-hmm. are going to be looking for. Because mm-hmm. again, it saves a lot of money um, mm-hmm. for the company, but it also shows that you are a fo- that you're focused on your work. Mm-hmm. You're focused right. and that you're self motivated, and that's a very good quality mm-hmm. to have. So, and you know, it, it is about being focused when you're here. You know, there I, I I keep regular office hours. Now, does that mean that I don't go and do something during the day, or I'm not checking business email at night? No. But people know that, you know, from nine until five, that's pretty much when I'm working. So don't call and want to just chit chat. Um, you know, it, 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 now, yes, I usually have Facebook on, but if I'm having to focus, I turn it off because I am kind of that, whoa, squirrel type of person. But it does take, you know, sitting down and thinking, this is the way I'm going to function. And you're right. If you can show an employer that you can do that, they're thinking, wow, you know, I'm, I'm saving on overhead because I don't have to have an office space for you. You know, if you still get the work done, they really don't care if you've done it at one o'clock in the morning in your jammies. You know, as long as the work's done, the work is done. Absolutely. And it's funny how many of my clients and affiliates or even some partners, some partner companies, they think I, I have this big office and all these different people you know, who Mm -hmm. show up to the office and work for me because we get the work done and our turnaround time is, is really second to none. We're very Mm -hmm. efficient. Our communication Mm -hmm. is, is extremely strong and people just assume that, Oh yeah, he's, he's managing a team of people at his office in in Florida. But part of the reason why the processes are so efficient is because we're all separated and Mm -hmm. my folks who live overseas when I send them work, I know I can go to sleep. And when I wake up, the work is going to be done. done. Whereas right. here in the United States, uh, you hear I'm, I'm a part of several, uh, several groups, um, not not business, not for profit, but not nonprofit type of groups. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, for for someone to design a logo, for example, they say, Oh, yeah, give me, give me it'll take me two, two months to design the logo. And, and you're thinking, really? <laughs> No, it, and, and, and it's just one of those things where it's it's a 20th century corporate mentality because mm-hmm. uh, at companies, you can get away with designing a logo for two months because right. you know you're getting paid every two weeks. And mm-hmm. um, so you can spend two months on this logo. 
Whereas mm-hmm. in our case, clients come to us, we charge way less money and our turnaround time for anywhere, let, let's say it's a logo, let's say somebody mm-hmm. needs a logo, our turnaround time, instead of two months, we'll turn it around in two days. Right. So uh, again, this is a good thing. It, the, the digitization is a good thing for, mm-hmm. uh, it's really an opportunity for entrepreneurs, for independent consultants to mm-hmm. do their own thing. It's a good thing for companies because they're saving money. They're getting mm-hmm. more for what they pay for. And at the end of the day, it is spurring more innovation. It is creating more in, more efficient processes. And mm-hmm. all that's going to do is lead to more innovation. And right. uh, talking about the, the, the election again and just politics in general, a lot of the politicians, in fact, I would say most of the politicians, they don't understand this. Because no. most of them don't run their own businesses. Mm-hmm. And the ones who do, like like Trump, for example, mm-hmm. um, he and Mitt Romney and all these other businessmen turned politicians, they come from the 20th century. Right, uh, where they've got huge staff. Exactly, and... mm-hmm. exactly. So so when, when the politicians are talking about, I'm going to create X amount of jobs and do this, this, and this, and just create all these jobs and people are going to get to work. Nobody, none of these people understand at all the mm-hmm. way, the, the, the reason why, first off, there are such few jobs. It's not because right. of qualification. It's not because mm-hmm. of, um, you know, that the businesses aren't growing or whatever. It's because there are now easier, more efficient ways to mm-hmm. run businesses. And yes, the days of uh, having a an admin assistant who you pay $40,000 a year to manage mm-hmm. your calendar or to do a bunch of Excel spreadsheets, those days have ended because you, again, right. you can now outsource all that for $10 mm-hmm. an hour, probably less than that now. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just signed up for a service where I have a virtual administrative assistant and mm-hmm. she's a robot and she reads all my emails and wow. based on, based on, she looks at all my, my inbox, she analyzes everything. She sees mm-hmm. how I respond and she does everything, not everything, she does a lot of stuff, 40% of my day-to-day, mm-hmm. I don't have to do anymore because she does it for me. She right. responds Ooh, to Ooh, I those. love that. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. And she's great. And she's not even a real person. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, just the the fact that, you know, hopefully she can go through all of the spam that you get. I mean, that's a huge chunk of time. You know, if, if you look, you know, you know, say I'm reading my email on my phone, I can look at who it came from and the first line, which is what shows up on my phone and tell, is it spam or not? And so, you know, then I swoosh and away it's gone, but that's five seconds or so. And so, I mean, I get probably a hundred, if not more spam emails a day, a hundred times five seconds. Oh, I can't do that math in my head, but that's a big waste of time. And, you know, to, to be able to automate that process is incredible. Oh, yeah. And it only costs, I think, like $40 a month. I'm on a free trial right now, but I think mm-hmm. it, it's a brand new product and cool. so far so good. And it only costs like $40 a month. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, that's that that's a that's a great deal for me. You know, I don't, right. I don't have to pay it. A, I don't even have to outsource to some country mm-hmm. that doesn't that's not English speaking. Right. And mm-hmm. they might be messing things up. This mm-hmm. this lady knows my habits, my language and everything. So uh, again, this is just another example. Um, innovation, the internet destroyed 
many jobs. Yes, it right. did. The internet mm -hmm. and, and... But it created just as many in other fields. 15 years ago, my job didn't exist. Right. It didn't exist. Right. And 15 years mm -hmm. from now, I can guarantee you, I'm going to have a... a my, my job function is going to be very mm -hmm. different than what it is right. today. Right. And, you know, that's where companies, is, as we were saying, have got to either figure it out or they're going to get left behind. And, you know, that... So then what's going to happen is... A, um, excuse me, a lot of people will go into business for themselves and, you know, or they will, you know, as you mentioned, they will start, start outsourcing things. And so you've written several great books, you know, and, and that was why I wanted to have you on because your, your books are very educational, very informative, and they provide a, a lot of great tips. And, and I've only read one of them, but it, you know, and, and so I'm, I'm getting ready to read the other one, but you wrote 50 shades of marketing whip your business into shape and dominate your competition. And then you also wrote Podcastnomics, the book of podcasting to make you millions. So first, before we ever talk about the books themselves, why did you decide to write books? Because uh, you talk about that. That's in Fifty Shades of Marketing. Yep. See, I read it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, first off, uh, the intro, what, what we've discussed thus far in this interview is essentially... Mm -hmm why I wrote 50 Shades of Marketing and what 50 Shades right. of Marketing is about. So it's about the mm -hmm. digitization of everything. Now, mm -hmm. I got into the practice of writing books because it's something I always wanted to do. Even when I was in high school, maybe in middle school, I've always mm -hmm. liked writing. And cool. if you have a lot of ideas and thoughts and nobody you know, cares to hear them because they might be kind of boring, well, then at least you can just write a book and publish mm -hmm. it and you know, a market will find it. And in the case of right. Podcastnomics, 50 Shades of, of Marketing, uh, my new book, The New PR, in these cases, I'll tell you, Deb, 99% uh, of my friends, they don't care at all about these topics. You know, mm -hmm. they want to know who's playing tonight. They want to know right. what are we doing tonight? Where are mm -hmm. we going to go out and party? That's what they want to know about. Um, but these books are very, very beneficial to business people. So mm -hmm. if you combine my passion for, for writing with my experience as a digital entrepreneur and as mm -hmm. a direct response marketer, I kind of I combine them, what I call mm -hmm. idea sex, where mm -hmm. you, you have a couple of different ideas and they have sex with each other and boom, now you have a book on right. marketing or on mm -hmm. podcasting. So mm -hmm. that's how I got into writing. I love it. It's almost an addiction. Uh, ah. Just like podcasting, I know, mm -hmm. is, is an addiction. Once you get started, you just can't stop. If you mm -hmm. make it through eight months, then you're addicted. Uh, mm -hmm. Book writing is the same way. Once you get started, you just can't stop. And right. um, I'm every, I, can, I would say every one to two years, I'm probably going to release a book until I run out of ideas. And it's mm -hmm. largely because I want to help people. Um, I believe I have some knowledge and expertise that I want to share with the world. Mm -hmm. And given today's digital landscape, it's now easier than ever to share that information um, with the world. Right. And to make an impact. So mm -hmm. I see that impact on a daily basis when, you know, you reaching out to me to do this interview and to pick my brain. People mm -hmm. tweeting me on Twitter, people joining my mailing list, sending me emails saying, how I help them get their podcast started or how I change the way they do this in their business. Um, mm -hmm. People reaching out, people writing reviews on Amazon 
Uh, I don't know who these people are, but they're writing reviews, whether they're good or bad. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the feedback. I'm happy Mm -hmm. that I resonated in some way with these people. Um, I even had someone in Africa email me saying that they bought my audiobook and they they were listening to it to improve their English speaking and mm-hmm. to also learn about uh, you know the the, the digital economy right. and you know they're from some village in Africa so mm-hmm. that made me happy yeah I bet yeah well in your book Fifty Shades of Marketing you talk about the fact that a book is a great promotional tool. So, you know, kind of kind of talk some more about that because I, I think it is. I think it's something that that everybody who is in business needs to think about doing. And, you know, why? Why is it a good marketing tool? So now, now is when I get to talk about the, the selfish part of me. I talked about <laughs> the, the helping people and making an impact. Books are a great marketing tool because... Mm-hmm. A, you automatically become an authority figure. Right. And especially if your book sells well, like Fifty Shades mm-hmm. of Marketing and Podcast mm-hmm. Comics, and now the new PR, which I just came out with, which is selling incredibly well. If they mm-hmm. sell well, and if you know you have a lot of reviews on Amazon, good reviews, mm-hmm. you're doing podcast interviews and getting media coverage and, and all that, uh, you've become an authority figure. And once you become an authority figure, it kind of compounds the publicity, the authority, it compounds. So people look to you as as an expert in that topic. So what does that mean at the end of the day for me? For me, it means more business for for my different ventures. So for Critch Media and Marketing, my online business solutions provider, my books have helped me uh, get speaking gigs. They've helped me get clients. They've helped mm-hmm. me uh, in just a, a variety of ways when it comes to establishing my credibility and building up my my resume, my digital mm-hmm. resume. I don't even have an old school paper resume anymore because people can just go to Amazon or my website or mm-hmm. you know just Google my name to see everything. Mm-hmm. So right. um, that's certainly one way that books have helped me. The other way is, again, I said, if the book is selling well, you also get paid. And writing a uh, book... Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Yes, we like that part. We like that part. And so writing a book is is the easiest way to collect payment, unlike in cl- with client work or even with, with customer work where you're talking to credit card companies about chargebacks or hunting down clients for payments and sending invoices and this and that. Mm-hmm. I just get money deposited into my bank account at the end of every month based mm-hmm. on the number of sales that I've gotten. And if right. the books sell well, if they do well, then you know that money's coming at the end of the month. You don't know how much, mm-hmm. but right. you know, if it's mm-hmm. selling well, you know there's something going to be coming. So mm-hmm. uh, the more books you write, the more money you can make. Now, mm-hmm. I don't recommend that people write books as a as a profession. Uh, being right. a full-time Unless, author yeah. mm-hmm. is a very, very difficult profession. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you as well, if you're looking to make money off of selling a book, you're going to be disappointed. Because right. at the end it, of the it's day, it's a, a means to the end. It's a means mm-hmm. to the end. So the book is a lead generator where you're mm-hmm. getting money in the form uh, you're getting leads, but you're also getting, you know, you're getting a uh, a couple of nights out a, a month, a couple of nice, right. nice out, nice mm-hmm. nights out mm-hmm. per month. But on top of that, the means to the end part, uh, you're getting a lot more in return over the long haul. 
whether mm-hmm. it's through the speaking engagements or the media publicity. Again, publicity is very expensive to purchase. If you want to hire mm-hmm. a, a legitimate publicist, you're talking about oh, it's a, a lot of money. You're mm-hmm. talking about a minimum of, of seven to ten thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. You write a book, people are buying it now all of a sudden you can get free publicity. You can mm-hmm. get people covering it. You can get people to interview you. So you're saving money on that end. And then, of course, on the client side or the customer side, people are finding you and contacting you and they want to, you know, do business with you. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, you you detail in the, the book, publishing has changed so much. You know, it used to be that it you had to go get a, a, an outside publisher. You know, it had to be a certain length. You had to hire an editor and blah, 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 blah. And, and so in the end, maybe you made 10 cents on every copy and, you know, all of those various things. And now it's so much easier. You know, you can, you, you can do an ebook. You know, maybe you only have 50 pages worth of whatever it is that you want to talk about. That's okay. You know, and, and, or maybe it is something that's, you know, a a long piece, you know, there's, you can outsource the editing, you know, all these various things, obviously, you know, and, you know, unless you're a graphic designer by trade, you're going to outsource the, the cover, you know, all of the, the things that go along with it. And, you know, it really is, you know, we, we, we probably shouldn't tell people this, but it is pretty easy to, write your own book. That said, it still has to be well-written. It's, you know, it still has to have good content. Um, you can't just say, Hey, I'm going to write a book and, and write the book, but it's a great marketing tool that so many people overlook. So that's why it is such a great marketing tool. You bring up a good point on the, the publishing aspect. It is now easier than ever to publish a book before you needed those gatekeepers, you needed a big publishing house to get your work right. out there and to distribute. Mm-hmm. Now, really, thanks to, uh, again, innovation, digital business, places like Amazon, really, mm-hmm. um, it's easier than ever to distribute your book. And right. in my case, all my books are available on paperback, Kindle, mm-hmm. which is a digital ebook, and audiobook, mm-hmm. which is also a digital audio. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and through, they're all, they are sold on not just Amazon, but barnesandnoble.com, mm-hmm. iTunes, right. Audible. You know, these are big, big platforms with mm-hmm. tens of millions of visitors every month. So it's easier than ever at the same time. That does not mean just because it's easy that everyone should do it. Because right. I have countless friends who said, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to write a, I'm going to write a something, you know, just write something, put it out there and make a lot of money and they put uh-huh. it out there and and some <laughs> of them I, I would say all all of their books combined probably have sold less than 10 copies right and it's largely because a there's still a marketing aspect that goes into it that the author is still in charge of even if you go mm-hmm. with a big publisher you as the author are really responsible for marketing the book mm-hmm. number right. two is um low quality content mm-hmm. does not do well because right. yeah you might have got one or two sales those people probably read it and said so horrible horrible book i'm not going to review i'm not i'm just going right. to forget about what i just read right if it's something really quality really good that resonates with people if you do a little bit of marketing the marketing compounds so in the case mm-hmm. of podcastnomics you know i thought podcastnomics when i wrote it i thought it was kind of a boring primer on podcasting <laughs> and i published it 
and early on it did well it didn't do super well it did well like i sold mm -hmm. within the first month i think i sold like 500 copies of the book oh and so it did well but mm -hmm. what took it to the next level was i started active i i, I ran some marketing campaigns and mm -hmm. that immediately what it did was it it jumped from about 500 sales during that first month to like an additional 200 sales within a week so wow. now all of a sudden I got all these sales in one week and mm -hmm. Amazon or I don't, Amazon, the people, the, the distributors, they made note of that. Mm -hmm. They're like, there are a lot of people buying this book over a short period of time. Like this must be pretty good. And mm -hmm. they started marketing the book. For We're going to feature it. Right. Mm -hmm. Because they get a cut. If, if, if they sell more of the book, they make right. more money. Mm -hmm. So they started featuring it and doing all this free advertising for me. Mm -hmm. And more than two years later, the book has gone on to sell more than 5,000 copies Wow! in, in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook. And it's mm -hmm. still selling, even though I would say about 15% of it is outdated, um, it's still selling. Mm -hmm. it, and the concept is still good. And the concept is still good. Mm -hmm. So it, it's doing incredibly, incredibly well. And I'm not even marketing. I personally, I don't put any, I, I sleep, I wake up every morning and I see, oh, I sold, you know, four copies of yeah, podcast hey. comics while cool. I was sleeping. So... <laughs> Um, the point here is the reason why the book has done well is because the content has proven to be of value to mm -hmm. the reader. And that is very, that is reflected in the reviews. I think right. I have like 4.6 out of 5.0, uh, like wow. 50 reviews <clears throat> on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and again, you know, yeah, I got maybe like three or four friends to review the book, but the rest mm -hmm. of the 45 reviews are you know random people who just found the book mm -hmm. somehow they bought it they liked it it helped them start their podcast some of the people have hired me to do additional work um so overall again if you're going to write a book it needs to be of value it must mm -hmm. be well written and it cannot be some five-page short story um, right now one that's a blog post <laughs> right right one trend that i've noticed is that uh relatively short not like super short like short stories or blog posts mm -hmm. but like shorter books uh let's say paperback around 50 to 100 pages or mm -hmm. do far better now than the 300 page 400 mm -hmm. page books mm -hmm. and in my case I'll, you know I, I've, I've just seen this through my own case study where i have three business books out podcastnomics 50 shades of marketing and then my new one the new pr there are three mm -hmm. books out. Podcastomics has done the well. It's also the oldest book. But the new P uh the new PR, which just came out like two weeks ago, mm -hmm. that book is has already it um, um it's almost caught up to Fifty Shades of Marketing on the audiobook mm -hmm. side, and it's only been out for about a month. And wow. it's um, I've almost already overtaken Fifty Shades of Marketing. And the new PR mm -hmm. is super short. It's like a fifty page mm -hmm. book. So right. what I'm noticing is that the shorter books, people are valuing those more than these super long books. Right. I have so much information. Right. You know, they're great value because everything's, they're like an encyclopedia. They're like a Bible, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. there's so much stuff in there and they're so long. It, I don't know what it is, but they're just not selling as well as these, mm -hmm. as these like shorter, 
kind of uh, shorter, well, more concise guides. Yeah, you know, we're we're busy, and we want something that we can either read quickly or listen to on a commute. Um, you know, I love Audible books, and and it's funny because typically when I do an Audible book, it is fiction, but. You know, if if say I were driving back and forth on a, a commute to to wherever and had fifteen minutes, you know, each way, if you're listening to a, a book that's going to go on for hours and hours, that takes a big commitment, and you know, and and a lot of cases you're not going to get through it because you get sidetracked, something else comes up. You know, whereas if it's a, a short audio book that you can listen to in just a couple sessions. Wow. You know, and, and then maybe you'll even go back and listen to it again to catch, you know, what happened when you were at the stoplight and, you know, all of those various things. So I think it, it is, you know, probably a function of the fact that we're just busy people and we want to consume stuff quicker and faster. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's <clears throat> it. So anyway, there's a market there now for these shorter to the point uh, type of, of books. So mm -hmm. I, I do recommend, I think everyone has a book in them, but mm -hmm. it, the, the process is is long it's complicated right. it's hard mm -hmm. i know people who can't even write a paragraph if you ask them to mm -hmm. so if now we're talking if you can't even write a paragraph and and you need to put put forth you know a 60 page book um that's why 99.9 percent .9 of people are going to be discouraged i have countless right. friends who come to me and they say i want to write a book i want to write about my life story or i want to write about you know my profession and some innovative changes in my profession and, and, and I'll, and I'll tell them how to do it. I'll, I'll inspire them for, for a night. And then mm -hmm. when it comes to actually sitting down and writing the first paragraph, they give up and they just say, right. you know what, I'm just, I'm, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to write a book anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, and so many times, you know, we look at that blank screen, that blank piece of paper, you know, however it is that you're doing it. And, and we want that first paragraph to be absolutely perfect. You know, and, and, and it's probably not if, you know, really to start with, and it may never be. Um, it's funny. I, uh, my, I went to a, a book reading one time by an author and he was a fiction writer. And he said that, you know, when he would write, he would get so caught up in, is that word spelled right? You know, his grammar, all of those things that, that he just kind of stopped. And so he literally started writing his books with a paper bag over his head. And that way he couldn't see what was on the screen. And so he just did this brain dump. And that's why a lot of people do it audio also. You know, they're, they're recording it because they're doing that brain dump and getting it out there. Then they go back and either they edit or they pay somebody to edit and they put it into the book. And, and it's a much, um, I wouldn't say easier process because, again, you know, it's like you said, it's, it's not an easy process. But maybe that is a, a better method for somebody to use. Well, so I actually talk about, or I've, I've been writing a book also does not mean sitting in front of a computer and being an amazing writer. Um, mm -hmm. Again, with 21st century, it's easier than ever to actually write the book. And mm -hmm. so the process that I recommend people take is there are now apps you can download on your phone that transcribe right. your voice. Mm -hmm. So you could do that, or you can pay for a better tran transcription service online. Mm -hmm. It'll cost like you know, just a few dollars and you can just record yourself talking and it will transcribe everything. And there you have like you and I, in this conversation, I could send it to a transcribe, uh, a transcription right. technology and they'll transcribe mm -hmm. it instantly. We just send the MP3 mm -hmm. file. They put it through their system and boom, they transcribe something. Right. And mm -hmm. 
it'll be probably a, a 20 page conversation. Mm-hmm. So there's 20 pages that you could turn into a book. <laughs> so a lot of people do that already where they're not writers, but they're talkers. And so they transcribe themselves. And then once you have that transcription, you can then outsource that to a good editor who will get right. that and put the pieces together. And then boom, mm-hmm. you got your book. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so, yeah, maybe you are doing it as you're driving somewhere or, you know, after everybody's gone to sleep for the night or whatever. There's, you know, it's, it, there are, it's back to what we've been originally saying. Technology is making it so much easier to do things. Absolutely. And it's going to, it, it's going to continue to move this way. The innovation that's happening, not just in Silicon Valley, but around the world, uh, the medical industry is about to, I mean, already it, it's gotten a, a disrupted a bit, but it's about to have some major, major changes and overhauls. The insurance mm-hmm. industry, same situation. I know me personally, I'm now out of uh, Obamacare insurance because I found a new kind of 21st century um, organization that provides insurance in a much more efficient manner mm-hmm. because right. they've, they've utilized the, the 21st century resources mm-hmm. available to them. The legal industry has already gotten disrupted by independent attorneys and it's it's ripe for even more dis, uh, disruption the i know several people personally who have either created uh, legal companies that use technology to streamline the process to prevent mm-hmm. uh lawyers from from milking clients and mm-hmm. uh you know again it uses technology to do that i i, I have a client who's working on a company that's really going to publicize legal disputes rather than going ah. through a courtroom. Mm-hmm. Um, the public essentially uh, will will uh, settle legal disputes. Um, so, so it'll definitely be the court of public opinion. So it will definitely be a court of public <laughs> opinion. Now, of course, uh, you can still file lawsuits and go through the legal right. process. And, but and you have public, to agree yeah. to the terms and all that. You know, it's like an arbiter. Exactly. You know, to, exactly. Yeah. So... Um, the industries are really, really, all industries are going through a transformation. And of course, like any change, people aren't, people don't like change. It's just human nature. At least initially, there's always Mm going to be pain. There's always going to be resistance, but -hmm. over the long haul, the human body and the human mind is a really, really good at adapting. So, Mm -hmm. uh, adaptation occurs and over the long haul, it works out best for everybody. Right. Well, you, you mentioned the medical field. You know, virtual doctors are, you know, more and more, you know, coming up. And, and you know, whether it's that it's a remote area, you know, you mentioned Africa before, rural America, all those various places where, you know, you, you don't have a doctor. Um, you know, I, I talked about the fact that the grocery store was 65 miles away from where I grew up. The closest hospital was 65 miles away also. Um, you know, and, and so to be able to have a virtual doctor, that would be great. Um, you know, is it for everything? No. You know, and, and you know, obviously there are times they're still going to say, you need to call an ambulance now, now, now. <laughs> you know, And, you know, but... For a lot of things, like my cold, you know, I've had this cold that has hung on for a couple of weeks. I don't need to spend two, three hours out of my day going to a doctor and paying that cost <laughs> when, you know, and, and of course there's, there's that too is, you know, there's, there's a cost to it. 
And, and it's, you know, taking time out from me doing my job. You know, if I can just connect with a doctor online and talk to him about my symptoms, you know, maybe go ah in front of the, the monitor so he can see, you know, all those various things. But, you know, maybe I had hives, you know, that way he could see that. Um, you know, that's, that's a huge benefit. Well, you can do that now. There are mm-hmm. several apps now right. where uh, you just go in, you put in your credit card or debit card, and... Mm-hmm. Um, Let's say you're out in the mountains and you fall down and sprain your ankle and you can't right. walk. Well, mm-hmm. if if the mountains have internet uh, yeah. or if they have, if, if you get service there, uh-huh. you just take out your phone. You can go into the app and then mm-hmm. you can uh, hit the, you know, contact doctor button. It puts you mm-hmm. in touch with the nearest doctor within the network of this app. And then mm-hmm. you FaceTime with that doctor. You tell mm-hmm. him your problems. And then the doctor will just call, you know, the pharmacy and prescribe the medication and say, you know, find a way to get to this pharmacy Mm -hmm. and you're all taken care of. And then it bills Mm -hmm. your credit card $20. At least that's what the fee was a few years ago. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe it might be different now, but it just bills them $20. Mm -hmm. It bills you $20. There's no insurance. So there's no Mm -hmm. headache of collecting and calling. Is there a copay? Is there, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no headache on that end. You pay out of pocket. It's twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. It's a quick five minute call. Nobody's driving anywhere. Nobody's being transported anywhere. You're stuck in the mountains with a hurt ankle, and mm-hmm. um, and so it, it works out for for everybody. There are various programs like this now on the apps in the app front. I know now more of these concierge doctors who are understanding mm-hmm. the, right. the digitization <laughs> of medicine. They're now called digital doctors, and I know here in Florida and Tampa, there's one doctor who. Who's, who claims uh, that he has more than 3,000 patients, probably close to mm-hmm. 4,000 patients. And the first question anyone has is, how on earth do you see all these people every day? And he says, he doesn't. He says I don't. He's a family physician. Right. And he mm-hmm. says, they text me, they Skype me, they mm-hmm. FaceTime me, they call me, they do all these things. Um, and so the number of people who come in, uh, we don't even fill all of our slots because they right. pay a monthly subscription, mm-hmm. yeah. you can call it, just to mm-hmm. get access to them. And so they're allowed to use them as much as they want through mm-hmm. this monthly subscription. Right. And and so, you know, if they're paying, I think it's like $70 a month. And if he has 3,000 patients all paying $70,000 a month, you could do the math to see how much he's making. Right. Mm-hmm. And... He says people prefer because some people say, well, what's to prevent, you know, if, if they have unlimited access to you, what's to prevent them from just hanging out at your office and abusing the system? And he said people don't want to spend their days driving to the doctor's office. And, right. you know, they have other <laughs> things to do. Exactly. So he said he had like two patients who did that and mm-hmm. uh, easy solution. He just gets rid of them and says, yeah, I don't have need- a little chat with them. Mm-hmm. I don't even need your business anymore. Go find another mm-hmm. doctor. That's what he did. Right. So um, again, he's a digital doctor. People FaceTime him, email him. They do all these great things. And he's able to, you know, for family practice, he can do that. Now, if you need a quadruple bypass heart surgery, then, right. you know, th- th- there's really no working around going to a hospital and being mm-hmm. operated on. But right. uh, again, in the future, there's all sorts of innovation and technology being done right now. As I know in the urological space, the amount of robotics that's being done. Oh, it's amazing. Yep. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. So 
Uh, I'm not saying robots are going to be doing the surgery, but they're certain, it's only a matter of time until they start assisting uh, physicians mm-hmm. with, with these various issues. Well, and, you know, the equipment that they can use now, you know, when they're able to do it with, you know, computer-aided, computer-guided, whatever the heck it is that they call that, they're making a tiny incision because there's a camera that's going in there as opposed to, you know, the 12-inch incision. And, you know, they're they're going in with these very, very small instruments and they're doing just the minimal amount and the patient heals faster, you know, all sorts of things. You know, there's just so many benefits to it. And it, it's great. I got to play with one of those uh, machines when they uh, started one, when they got one at the hospital here near me. And it was incredible what you could do with zero training, you know, and, you know, it was like, wow, just think if you were the cardiologist who was using it or, you know, somebody like that. And, and, you know, so it, it speeds up the process. It's, you know, all those various things that, you know, having the, the addition of technology is just going to benefit in so many ways. Yep, absolutely. And I'll tell you, this is a personal opinion. I know uh, someone like, you know, my parents probably come from a different school of thought, but I trust technology a lot more than I do trust uh, people. Because right. uh, if you take, for example, a promotion, all right? Mm-hmm. If, if you're looking for a promotion at a company and your boss comes back to you and says, you know what, Deb, you're, you're not the worker I thought you were, and as a result, I'm not promoting you. Mm-hmm. Now compare that to a machine telling you this is what your productivity is. This is how much money uh-huh. you've made to the firm. As a result, we're not promoting you because you're not meeting these standards. Mm-hmm. I, I trust, you know, the, the, the computer more than some right. random person's personal. It, yeah, because and, and that's subjective. You know, they may just not like you. Exactly. Exactly. And in the case of, of, of medicine, for example, it's not a question of a doctor not liking you. It's just doctors have deferring opinion. That's why people seek second right. opinions all the time, <clears throat> mm-hmm. third opinions, fourth opinions. I mm-hmm. mean, I know, uh, I know a support lady who had an issue and she went to every doctor imaginable, imaginable around the country to mm-hmm. try to cure whatever illness she had. And they all said, I don't, I don't know what the issue is. And they mm-hmm. all said something different. So it's not a question of, you know, a doctor not liking you or anything. It's just you want someone who can find the problem and treat it. And in the case of uh, a computer, they, they're they able to go through case studies. They're able to go through history and the data of whatever's in their system and tell mm-hmm. you exactly what you have or the way to cure it. Right. Whereas a mm-hmm. person, again, you're dealing with all these opinions, these second opinions, third opinions, mm-hmm. and you, as a patient, you don't know what's right and you don't know what's wrong. You don't know who's just trying to milk you for your money. You don't mm-hmm. know what's going on. And so right. just purely from a trust perspective, I I prefer, you know, digitization is a good thing. Technology is a mm-hmm. good thing. This is my right. personal opinion. If you were to ask my father, for example, he'd tell you, you know, I have my favorite doctor and whatever mm-hmm. he says, I'm doing yeah. Right. You know, and, and that's fine. And it, and it works just fine for him. Um, you know, and, and the, the cool thing is that we have the ability to do both. Um, you know, and, and that's, and I don't think that's probably ever going to go away. I think we will trend more and more digital just, you know, for the, the reasons we've been saying, <clears throat> but people will have the ability to, you know, if they want that personal touch, they can have that personal touch. If they want to do it on the screen. Okay. They can do that too. 
Yeah, and and again on the digital side, the the computer can be wrong. I don't want to idolize right. the. Oh yeah. I don't want to idolize. It, it's only yeah. as good as as what's been given, been inputted. It is, and uh, there are. You know, I was reading about a case that happened at the at UC San Francisco, which is a leading uh, a, a academic medical institution, where a patient was overprescribed something because that's what the the computer said. It said, you know, mm-hmm. prescribe this much dosage. And mm-hmm. uh, now the difference is it's not like the computer said this and then the, the medication was just given to the patients, the, the patient, the computer said this, then it went through uh, uh, a uh, specialized physician, then mm-hmm. it went through a pharmacist, all these people and had to approve, they missed it. And mm-hmm. they just were like, Oh, yeah, you know, the computer's right, we're, we're right. good. And mm-hmm. then the person took the medication and they ended up having a horrible situation. I don't, they okay. might've even died. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember, but something bad happened. And so in that case, it's like, all right, we use computers to, or in technology to, to make decisions. But if we're going to have people who are getting paid money, mm-hmm. uh, they still need to do their job. They can't just show up and yes. eat during they their need shift to double sleep check. during their, mm-hmm. their, their shift. You know, yep. so uh, again, especially now where technology is just now coming up, there are going to be glitches. There are going mm-hmm. to be issues. These right. self-driving cars that are coming out, we saw one or two accidents for the first time right. this year. Mm-hmm. There are going to be problems initially when they come up. Mm-hmm. But with those problems come changes, tweaks, mm-hmm. uh, enhancements, advancements so that they can be even better. And when that self-driving car comes out to the public and the public is able to purchase it at affordable prices, mm-hmm. um, it we know, okay, it's going to be a, a worthwhile, it's going to be a, a, a reliable, safe car. Now, right. now, will, again, will there be accidents or fires or sure. whatever? Mm-hmm. Yes, there will be. But if you compare that to the number of accidents we see today, with everyday people driving the cars, uh, mm-hmm. especially here in Florida, where insurance rates are, car insurance rates are higher than any other state right. in the United States, um, you know, you, you'll see you'll see a, a reduction when mm-hmm. when that does happen. Right. Well, and you know, Florida is a great example because you know now I'm this this is a guess, so I could be really wrong on this, but I'm assuming that for many of the drivers in Florida, they're shall we say a little more mature. <laughs> It's people who retired down there. That's a reason. And, you know, and and so the computer is going to, the computer doesn't age. So it can judge that distance. You know, it knows that's 50 feet away as opposed to a human eye looking at it thinking, well, you know, I've, I've got much longer to stop. Or it can, you know, the computer can react much faster, you know, all of those various things. So that's where, you know, it, it really could be a benefit. People that, you know, have become housebound because they couldn't drive for whatever reason, you know, maybe they're blind, maybe they are older, you know, all of those various things. They can get a self-driving car and wow, they're, they're mobile again. I mean, just think of that. That's, that is cool. Oh, it's great. It's, and, and not only is it going to help old people. Uh, or or more m- mature people. Mature. That's it. Mature. See, you're young. Okay, yeah. I can tell you're young. <laughs> <laughs> mature. Not only will it help mature people, but if you think about all the headaches you have to deal with mm-hmm. when uh, when driving a car, so 
you have to always be alert. You're thinking about, you know, right. work, you're thinking about family. And mm-hmm. then location is another issue where you're thinking about traffic. <laughs> now with a self-driving car, the number of accidents are going to go down. Um, mm-hmm. The location isn't as important as it used to be because now you can just kind of chill out. The, these right. cars have Wi-Fi. You can mm-hmm. do your work in the car. You can, you know, do other things in the car. You can watch a movie, whatever it is. Right. Uh, so it, it's almost like you're at home, except mm-hmm. you have a vehicle that's taking you places. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 way that these are going to operate it's almost going to be uber like where you don't even have to own a car anymore you just right. take out your phone you call for a car mm-hmm. and you know 5 minutes later it shows up and you just mm-hmm. get right in and it takes you to your right. destination mm-hmm. so you don't have to deal with auto insurance anymore mm-hmm. with maintenance um it it's really going to make the lives easier for almost everybody and it's going to have an effect on various industries for better or for worse it's going to have effect like i mentioned auto insurance i mentioned Mm -hmm. you know real estate because location now isn't as important as it used to be Mm -hmm. it's going to affect residential real estate it's going to affect uh so many different areas and i'm excited about i actually have a a client who has a self-driving car and he he sends me videos all the time where he's just driving around talking about how cool it is. There are some limitations to it. There are times Mm -hmm. when he has to take the steering wheel, maybe Mm -hmm. once every 30 minutes, he has to take control of the steering wheel, Mm -hmm. but it at least alerts him and says, Mm -hmm. you know, Hey, you know, take control of the steering wheel. Danger, danger. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, um, yeah, technology is technology is uh, they're going to be the status quo is always going to be skeptical of of technology, Mm -hmm. but we wouldn't have made it this far as a society as an economy without technology the Mm -hmm. printing press revolutionized the way business was conducted the computer uh both apple and microsoft revolutionized the way work is done the internet Mm -hmm. revolutionized the way uh the way businesses are run and Mm -hmm. now moving forward well and then again the, the the iphone really revolutionized the way that many businesses uh, run their day-to-day operations. Mm-hmm. And so all these things, the culmination is going to give rise to even more technology to make our lives and to make the business world much, much more efficient. Right. Well, holy cow, we have talked for an hour already. I mean, I'm just, and and this is just fascinating to me because aside from anything else, I'm a huge science fiction fan. So, you know, I'm, I want the car that flies, you know, all of those various things, but we, we really didn't even talk about your books. And so all that means is we just have to have you on again. Um, and, but you know, it's, it's been great. So tell people how they find you online and, you know, and, and how they can buy your books. NareshVisa.com, N-A-R-E-S-H-V-I-S-S-A, NareshVisa.com. That's where people can find out more about me. They There are links to my books on that site. Uh, and then that people can also get my free content that I send out through my newsletter at NareshVisa.com. And if they want to go directly to my books, they can just go to Amazon, type in my name, and the books will come up. The three books are Podcastonomics, my best-selling book, Podcastonomics. Mm-hmm. 
Then there's Fifty Shades of Marketing, which I think is my best book, even though it's not the I, best selling I book. I really enjoyed reading it. I appreciate it. Yeah, I think that's my best book, even though it's not the best selling. It's an, it's probably going to end up uh, not even being my top two best selling, but I think it's my best book. Mm-hmm. It's very comprehensive, and I think it provides the most value out of any of the other books. And then my brand new book is The New PR, which is quickly catching up with, with Podcastonomics. Uh, that is all about, again, 21st century PR, because as we talked about earlier, uh, the PR industry publicists, they're so outdated. They charge an insane amount of money. It's almost a big mm-hmm. scam. The new PR exposes that scam and teaches people how they can be their own publicists. Cool. I love it. I love it. Well, Naresh, I have been having such a great time talking to you, and and I can't wait until we talk again because this this really has been very informative, and and I think my listeners have gotten a lot out of it too. So thank you so much for being a guest. Thanks so much, Deb. It was a pleasure talking about this. Perfect. Well, and to everyone out there, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.